0: This is the Gary V audio experience. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another enthralling episode of Coffee and Commerce.
1: Uh, delighted to be here
0: with the man, the legend, Gary Vaynerchuk.
1: I haven't shaved, Zubin, so. so? I'm, uh,
0: I'm
1: trying to trying to keep up with you. I know we have a bunch of questions this week, which I'm excited about. So, why don't you tell everybody about the format this week?
0: Let's do them. Uh, So this week, what we're going to do is we're going to bring a bunch of uh, individuals who ask questions for us, uh, ask us questions on Twitter. We're going to bring them live. We're going to answer their questions and go through it. It's an interactive episode for you. Hope you get a lot of value out of it. Uh, And without further ado, let's do it. Dustin, let's bring our first guest on. Hey, Gary. How are you?
1: I'm very well. How are you?
0: Doing well. Um, My name is Matt. I'm 17. Looking to get into e-commerce. My first First question is: Is there such thing as a two-saturated e-commerce niche? And right, two, the
1: second,
0: mm-hmm. sorry, it's like a two-part question.
1: No and then, like,
0: it. how does a brand differentiate itself, like, from other brands to build uh, social proof and drive conversions? To um, like, how does one differentiate
1: Understandable. Well,
0: competing brands?
1: First of all, you need to say hi to Zubin too, because he got, he's very upset when people just say <laughs> hi to me.
0: I how how are you saying about that? What's up, Matt? What's
1: going on? I mean, you want to take it. You want to take a will answer yes. the first one, and you jump into the second one. Matt, there there's never an oversaturated market. There's always the right time to be the best at something. Like at any moment, I mean, you bro, you don't understand because you're a youngster how legit Yahoo search engine was. It was just like Google. But actually, you know what's so funny? I literally thought about this the other day. I'm like, huh. I wonder if Google should be disrupted. Like it's been so long. Like, why can't like moly moly just come out and be the best search engine of all time? The other one I've been thinking a ton about is Twitter. You know, between Facebook, then Instagram, you know, TikTok, like, you know, LinkedIn, it's all feed pictures written words. But the only words only for the most part, or quick or real time is Twitter. I think both Google search engine and Twitter are companies that are potentially disruptable over the next decade if two, if two, if somebody comes along and does something incredible. So if I believe that about Twitter and Google, the hell do you think about what I think about an e-commerce category like t-shirts or hats or cannabis or whatever,
0: Zubin? Yeah, totally. The other part of it is, Matt, too, like you're talking about niche, right? You're talking about a very specific niche. If this was back in the day, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you lived in a specific town. You'd be like, are there enough people in this town that I can sell this niche product to? The reality is, to Gary's point, first of all, there's a, millions of consumers buying online.
1: e is only growing. Um, e
0: sales are going to reach 700, 800 billion this year, right, In in the U.S., When you take a look at all that, what you realize is that there's a phenomenal amount of opportunity. But the thing to understand is who you're selling to and why. What Gary talks about a lot, and we talk about in meetings as well, is around content, understanding your audience and being able to produce content and creating an environment for them that's real and legitimate for that audience. And I think that's really the key. When we're talking about niche, I'm of the personal opinion. We get a lot of these questions on Twitter and whatnot about drop shipping. I'm not big on drop shipping myself. I prefer products that have some meaning, some category. You're building it for a purpose. There's real quick,
1: real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt, Subin. I, I think Subin's right in the macro, but I will say this because I think you're, you know, Subin, you're, in, you're in a new world where your words carry a ton of weight. So the hedge is super important. I know exactly why you said dropshipping, You're not in love with because you're because you're thinking chess. I think you'd probably agree with me. That if you're a kid with 850 bucks doing a little bit of 100%. drop shipping is a crazy learning curve, right? Like, right? Like, right? Think, right? I, I just wanted to make sure because I know who's listening and how, and I know like. Um, you know, and, and
0: you bring, absolutely, like to 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 your point, Matt. Right, Matt. If you want to spend a little bit of money, you want to learn the business. dropshipping is a great way to do it, right? What I'm getting at is, and we're talking about scaling businesses and whatnot. And, yeah, and, I looked into that, and um, like the thing with it is, you can't have like control over shipping correct, or customer service, correct. and you're you're completely coming from China. You're,
1: you're completely vulnerable, Matt. But when you have nine hundred bucks, real, and you really want to be e-commerce, the alternative is really flip life. Like, get. But I just want people to get reps. Like, I'm not even like I'm not scared of anybody losing all their money. I think trying to learn how to buy something and sell it, and the process of is fucking huge it just helps you so much i believe the reason that vayner x you know the company that holds vayner media holds vayner commerce is going to win the whole thing is i'm blindly consumer centric all i care about is the consumer i don't care about all the boardroom stuff or the debates or the philosophy or the harvard business school or the reports or the Bain and mckinney it's i'm real life and the way the way I and the reason i'm good at real life is because i do it
0: Matt, you know, one of the things I, I learned early on, um, when my father was selling stuff, uh, in uh, the newspaper and classifieds and whatever, there was a limited space. So every time he'd have to figure out new ways to say more, cut the stuff, et cetera. And just watching that, you learn so much from it to Gary's part, it's all about those reps. You get those reps in, you get better at it. So however you can, Get those
1: reps in. Matt, at 17, I would do the econ business about the number one thing you're into because it's then more fun and you'll have more energy to do it than trying to fucking thread the needle on the perfect white space. That It's fucking 2020, everything's being done. Nobody's inventing shit. The white space is are you fucking better than somebody?
0: Yeah. Matt, great to have you, man.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you. It's fun. Let's keep it going.
2: Hey, Gary. Hey, Zubin. My name is Ahmad, I'm, I'm 15 years old. And my question is how to be a first mover in audio podcast and virtual reality platform as you like, guys say that audio is going to be the next big boom.
1: For you Ahmad, uh, I would say it is to make content on Twitter and LinkedIn specifically, but other places talking about your interest and curiosity in it and you doing a lot of educating. You know, I talk a lot about, I shit on school a lot, but I educate myself heavy. I read thousands of hours worth of baseball card information in the eighties. I read tens of thousands of hours of information in the wine spectator and the wine business. When the internet came along, I was on message boards 24/7, learning, learning, learning. The way you'll be a first mover is to be part of the community. The way to be a part of the community is to write and make videos about it, but not acting like an expert, acting like a part of the community. Questions, curiosities, answering people's questions as you become more educated, become part of the community that you wanna be a first mover in. And what that means is you bring value and you extract learnings. And that's the game for me. Zubin?
0: Yeah, I mean, Gary's a master at this, right? The only thing I'll comment on is VR um and the fact that certain technologies like vr require additional hardware that many people don't have so i would take a step back from vr and say okay what else is there in that space that will eventually lead to vr potentially ar look at stuff like that the technology that you can actually leverage on the devices that people own right now
1: 100 percent and and and, and you're, you're 15, as you might've seen from me before, VR scares me because I have VCs who want to put $10 million into a company today that needs to win next year. And I'm like, it's not gonna happen. But at 15, if you want to be the guy for VR, there's a good chance by the time you're 29, 36, things are popping off. What you don't know at 15 is that 29 and 36 is an extremely young man. So putting in real work and being part of that world is a big deal and a huge opportunity if you're fascinated by it. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you, my friend. Rico hey. Nick, on Facebook. What's good, Brian?
3: Hey, what's good, Gary? What's up, Zubin? What's up, buddy? Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, Gary, before I jump into my question, I have to tell you this story because I might not ever get a chance again.
1: Please. Uh, you,
3: held, you held a Zoom call on sports cards about a month ago. Yes. Um, and halfway through, somebody um, hacked the chat, apparently. and was like sending obscene messages and stuff.
1: Yes, I remember. Hey.
3: Yeah, and they hacked it, and, um, and then I saw my name up there with the messages going by. I'm like, "Oh no, what's going on?" And then for a second, uh, Gary was like, um, "Brian, really, uh, Brian Daniels is bringing Brian to this chat." <laughs>
1: yes, I remember, like, bro. And, I then did I did did, and then and and by the way, I did see you be like, "That's not me." I did catch that on okay, my yeah, yeah. I love that. That's great, bro. You did you save that clip? That would just be epic.
3: Yeah, I, I wish I could. I wish I had recorded it, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if somebody edited you, it we, out. We, and you know what?
1: You know what, I know somebody, uh, Dustin, I'm sure, Dustin, are you here, behind you mm-hmm. producing? Dustin, find out from the team if we recorded that. I think we did. Let's chop up the pot part and send it to Brian. Yeah, I, I think it's me. on YouTube. Okay, cool.
3: I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah that was a, a funny moment. So I'm just glad that I actually came full circle and actually got it, got to talk to you. All right, so uh, my question is, um, I have a, a product that's a fairly unique kind of niche. Uh, we make granola bars using a uh, spent grain from local craft breweries. Um, so, you know, uh, using the repurposing upcycle angle. Um, and it's kind of like, it appeals to different segments. The, the people that are uh, health conscious, the people that care about sustainability and people that like craft beer too. And sometimes those intersections kind of conflict. So that I have a lot of, um, people that like the product or the hook is the beer or the, the beer aspect of it, but, um, they want to know if it has beer in it or if it's good for their kids kind of thing. So, um, and it is, it's it's, it's all good.
1: it's, It's not in conflict. You just have to communicate on multiple fronts. I communicate as a friend. I communicate as a wine guy. I communicate as a sports card commentator. I communicate as a businessman, an operator. Uh, You know, I communicate in a lot of lanes. People, for some reason, think multiple stories conflict. I think they add on. Okay. I think it's a thesis. I think it's a philosophy. You don't want to mix your message. It's shit you hear from B-School people that are making complete, judgment based on non practicality and based on a television world where we're really talking about a commercial and pushing it down we are now consumer up not TV down and so I don't think it, why, why does it conflict and you know some people might care about two of the three some may care about one of the three it yeah. I don't see the confliction I really don't and this is a debate I have with a lot of people
3: sure yeah.
0: Brian, what you might be seeing is you're saying, okay, look, I've got a site, I've got my social, what do I talk about? What do I lead with? What do I do secondarily? All of it. Yeah, all of it. And then what you do is, and we talk about this frequently, but build landing pages for each of those segments, yes. drive traffic to those, and figure out which one is actually meaningful for you in the long term. Because the other problem too is for so long, brands were focused on just that initial sell that they weren't thinking of customers that actually love them and are gonna buy their products often or gonna tell other people about them. That's the game now. Forget about selling your product at whatever low return high return on ad spend, low cap you're looking at. Find those groups, as you mentioned, that are gonna love your product, talk about it, and you can actually build an entire company around them.
1: Gotcha. Oh, 100%. Perfect. Like, the, notice what Zubin said about the landing pages. Companies, and thus a lot of the education still act as if the internet doesn't exist. Right. I had to make a choice when you walked into my pops liquor store, what the first display was gonna be. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, and I, but with your website to Zubin's point, you can have three separate landing pages and when you make beer content, the URL can point to the beer landing page.
0: They don't even walk in their front door anymore. You just put them into an aisle. So That's right.
1: exactly right. No, that's Love perfect. It. Let's move it. All right, Brian, I'm glad we connected. We'll get Great to meet you,
3: Ryan. Yeah, man, appreciate you. See
1: thanks, you. Before we get the next person, big shout out to Jacob Mysack. Thank you for saying that. Eric Dyer, thanks for the nice comment. I see all of you. Melissa Lee, what's good? I see all of you. Megan Elon, let's keep it going.
0: Hey, Zubin, Gary, how you doing? Good to see good you buddy. again, Gary. Great to see you, Dustin. I brought a friend. I brought a friend, just in case.
1: A beautiful friend. (laughs) Pistol Pete, baby.
0: Hey, um, kind of a big picture question, but, um, you know, and maybe this is a little bit extreme, but 10, 15 years down the road, just from what we've seen during the pandemic, but also pre-pandemic where you see Amazon taking over the world as far as online retail, and you guys are big big guys in e-commerce. In 10, 15 years, are we going to walk into a brick and mortar retail store anymore? Are people going to go to office space you know, or is it going to kind of yeah. all move remotely? You know, yeah. what are you going to see for retail moving yeah. forward down the line?
1: I, I actually am chomping at the bit to open a physical retail business. Interesting. Yeah, I think I think people grossly underestimate how long things take. I've learned this this is from experience. I launched an e-commerce wine business in 1996. I said by the year 2000, <laughs> everybody's going to know the. Pr- this is by the way, this is a sneaky mistake that turned into an incredible advantage in building my dad's business. I said, in the year 2000, this is why I understand that kids are impatient because in 1996, when you're 21, four years from now, it's like a high percentage of your life. You know, that's like 20% of my life. That seemed like a long time. Yeah. So I'm like in year 2000, if the Y2K yeah. doesn't destroy us, right. everybody's gonna walk into every store in the country and know the price of everything. I already kind of had a hunch of smartphones. I was like, your phone, this is embarrassing to say. I was like, people are gonna buy a plugin for a scanner and then people be able to scan the UPC of any item and the phone is gonna tell you. I mean, this is like where my head was at. And um, so what I did was I literally had a developer run a script for me scraping the 55 websites. There was only 55 other wine stores in 1997 when I had this hypothesis and there was one big website Wine Access and we scraped it and I knew the prices of every wine in the country and I would update it once a week and I would lower my prices in my dad's store and then a site by the name of Wine Dad Searcher came out and did it, mapped it for the industry and I would price every wine by a penny less minimally than everybody else and became the cost leader because I had this great fear that by the year 2000, everybody would know the price of everything, right? Mm -hmm. And so what ended up happening was, I learned how to run a business by having such low margin on 5,000 popular items and then figured that business out, which was great. And it also taught me the lesson of what you're asking right now. There will be an ungodly amount of stores in 15 years. They may be more experiential. They may offer different value props, but they will be there.
0: Two quick takes for you. One, yeah. Gary talking about scraping reminded me when I was a kid, when I was 15 years old, I did what Gary hired that guy to do uh, for a muffler uh, shop, a set of muffler shops in, uh, in Illinois. And I would go through every single day and scrape the prices of both of their competitors as well as the distributors and find out who they should buy from every day. So that was my job. Um, second thought, Amazon's obviously the number one uh, online retailer in the US. You know what number two is? shopify you combine all of the shopify store revenues they are number two wow why does that matter as it relates to your question because what's happening is the move to e-commerce is shifting to local stores and so local stores are now selling their products online and partnering with like local delivery uh logistics companies that can actually deliver the product for them or somebody buys it online they go pick it up curbside so the retail experience is going to shift and it's going to change but we all are going to continue seeing each other in person, buying, transacting in person, I think it's just gonna evolve.
1: But offices are gonna change. For example, I'm locked into my lease pretty aggressively, but I was like, you know what? I would probably buy a storefront right now, sure this a not- storefront for VaynerMedia, X probably. I would probably have a storefront on Madison Avenue, Times Square, or somewhere else. I would fit like 50 to 100 people in the <laughs> office. They would literally come in, they would rotate but I would create some sort of front facing thing for just by accident customers or relationships or to have clients have a coffee there, like have a bar or coffee. Like I I can see a lot of offices going to the first floor, Mm -hmm. creating a front facing coffee shop or bar for culture. And then on the back have 50 seats, even though they used to have 200, so that they are going to be able to do a rotation and create front facing by accident awareness and culture. I mean, I've been thinking a lot about it. I I think it's a really cool innovation.
0: Cool, so more of a branding play kind of with that, with the branding awareness stuff. Even if,
1: even if you're B2B, why not? If yep. you're a law firm and you got 67 lawyers in a ninth floor of an office building, the world's changing now. Real estate is collapsing, storefronts collapsing. Why not make it get a storefront now? That's- have third people come in, rotate, that's the seats, open desk, hot desk, but they have a receptionist, a little coffee, maybe you do consultation, maybe you do content. I was also thinking, oh, I would put a studio in front, kind of like the TV networks do, and you could see I'm just, maybe I'm filming all my content. We could be filming commercials for clients right on Times Square as an agency. That's kind of cool, that's different. Maybe that space yeah. is worth something as a billboard. People are gonna start, listen, I'm a fucking innovator. And, and the reason I make a lot of predictions properly is because I know what I would do. I'm not gonna get around to what I just said, but I'm hoping somebody just heard that and says, wait a minute, that's cool. I'm gonna do that. Like, like and, and I also know I'm not the only one not so special. There are plenty of other people that see around corners or see, I always think about life as, remember that thing we were taught as kids? Like, is it two people kissing or is it a champagne flute? Yeah. People see different shit. Everyone's, everyone sees the obvious of like, oh, we're never going to fuck the office and we're never stores. I'm like, uh, 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 evolution.
0: Yeah. No, that's great stuff. I appreciate it, guys.
1: Cheers. Good to have you on. Gabrielle. Hey, Dustin, can you get Gabrielle proper? Maybe go to the next one and get the next person proper. Brad, it's right, good? Doing? Brad.
2: Yeah, good thanks, how are you doing?
1: Very good, my friend, how are you?
2: Yeah, I'm great, thanks. Uh, my question, it's not like an e-com question, but they've self said, come on and ask more questions. So basically, I'm 21 years old, and ever since I was 16, I basically worked dead-end job to dead-end job basically trying to find my passion, as you could say. But like, I always seem to try something and think, oh, this is the one, and completely switch around and get bored of it. And like, I just want to find like my passion. I just don't know like how to go about it because I constantly think like, ah, I've found it. But like, I haven't,
1: if you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. Have you ever really gave a lot of thought to what you do when you're not working? Like as a human being? music, food, friends, you know, have you, how much have you, like what do you do for hobbies or how do you spend or waste your time? So
2: why say time more spend, like,
1: just- Well, I mean, I, I think we all spend and waste time and sometimes the way you waste your time is the insight. You love video games, that's how you're quote unquote wasting your time, flip it, and that's how your life is gonna change. You waste your time watching Netflix all day, well maybe you just like content a lot and maybe either you start a podcast of judging content because you like doing it all day or maybe actually it's an insight to you being a creator of content. I think people very much struggle finding their passion because they don't think the love are practical. They don't think they've been taught that that's not how you can make money.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think at 21 years old, I mean, everybody else is like around me, is getting there, getting on with their career.
1: They're not. Well, they're not. The, Any time you start a sentence with "everybody else," you're already in deep shit. That is the single reason you're feeling pressure. I don't give a fuck if all 19 of your 21-year-old best friends become Mark fucking Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. It has nothing to do with you. They're getting on with it. You think you don't know if they're crying in their bedroom. You have no idea what they're getting on with. The fact that you're spending time worrying that they're on their way and you're not is gonna lead you into a hole of never getting out of it. Yeah. yeah. Your comparison like, is a devastating thing, Brad. It's a, yeah. it doesn't, it, it's devastating.
2: Absolutely, I think that's like where a lot of the pressure comes from because like I'm constantly comparing, instead of like realizing that you know, everyone's in their own path in life, and I'm. I'm mate,
1: completely getting... mate, I was, I was working. I was a cashier at 21 years old in a liquor store. I wasn't getting on with shit, or I was getting on with everything. You know what I mean? Like it's it all is perspective. Let me give you one really good piece of advice. Start by enjoying the fuck out of being 21, because. You notice how Zubin just reacted? Yeah. Just being 21 is fucking winning at life. That's like what just, I
0: was gonna say. You're, 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 look, again, Gary's uh, Gary's given you amazing advice. All I can say is that you're trying to figure out that one passion right now and go, this is it and I'm gonna move on. Why not just enjoy the fact that you're hopping from one thing to another, trying to figure out what your passion is you're, you're gonna look back in 10 years, five years, 10 years, 15 years and go, shit, I wish I was 21 trying to figure my shit out and I wish I did more. And I wish I spent more time figuring it out than pursuing one. In my mind, you're doing much better than most people your age, most of your mates because they're going down one path. You're jumping around until you find that path.
1: The question, Brad, is is whose judgment on you are you accepting? Yeah. The real question here is, whose words are dictating your anxiety? You know, is it your mom, your dad, your older brother and sister, your best friend, your girl, your boy? Like, who's fucking you up with them imposing their insecurities on you and you taking them on? Anybody that tells you you should have your life together at 21 is a fucking asshole. (laughs) And if that's your mom, put her on screen right now I'll tell her right to her fucking face. Like, fuck that bullshit, bro. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Now I want you to live it. You need to pay attention to who's talking to you and who you're listening to.
0: And Brad, no one's got to figure it out, man. We're all still trying to figure it out. Brad, I, I got you. it.
1: Brad, I got it figured out. Let me give you the answer. I'm kidding, Zubin. But I got the, Let me tell you this. I don't have it. It figured out. I have this one figured out. To think that you have to have your shit figured out at 21 is fucking insane. To Zubin's point, the fact that you're tasting all these things. That's what's interesting to me. Do more side jobs. You might be the greatest cook in the world. You have no idea. Go work at a fucking restaurant. Like take risks. This is when it's practical.
0: Enjoy Brad, smile.
1: <laughs> That's a, and you have a great fucking smile. Brad, he's right. Like what you need to do is make sure that you have positivity and optimism and patience. Like I call it pop, right? Positivity, optimism, and patience in your ear over and over and over, that's how you win your 20s. Bro, 30 years old is a fucking child, prompt, a child. Absolutely, yeah. All right,
2: thanks for that,
1: anyway. Cheers.
2: All right, cheers, Cheers, fellas.
1: All right, I gotta bounce, uh, and you've only got three minutes, and I know we wanna help out somebody we're working with, so let's, uh, let's do that shit. That was awesome. Comments are epic, oh, that's what's wrong. Um, I mean, there was a video submission. I don't know if you want to do that one. Or- We're not gonna be able to sneak in it in because Zune's got, I want to make sure. sure I'll, it. I'll
0: contact that person directly. Okay. okay
1: yeah, awesome. this,
0: was, this was amazing. I absolutely love this. Thanks for goodness, this Gary. Quick shout out to our client bodybuilding that is doing a lot of amazing things. They're growing um, and they're looking to hire in a number of positions, product designer, senior product manager, lifestyle marketing manager, uh, software developers, etc. I know we've got an amazing group of people listening in, tuning in. So if you're interested, go to jobs.bodybuilding.com, apply, make sure you mention Gary and me, and best of luck to you. To the rest of you, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope it was uh, it was as beneficial for you as it was for me. I really enjoyed it, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. And I look forward to seeing you all uh, on the next episode of Coffee and Commerce. See you.
1: All right, episode's over. Please leave a review and subscribe up on apple it would mean a lot a lot a lot a lot to me thank you very much hey podcast joe from team gary here today's highlighted review is part of my daily bread by carlos ferrier in my path to marketing and the sense of my personal life gary has been a shining light making changes on my point of view in the world and the people around me it's never been easy for me to communicate because of social anxiety But Gary has made me use techniques that have helped me a ton to be a better communicator and lead me to live a more human and more empathetic life toward everyone around me. Thank you, Gary Vaynerchuk. Keep those reviews coming. We could highlight yours
3: next.